You've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Your Twitter account Only Rosie O'Donnell. No, it wasn't. For the record, it was well beyond Rosie O'Donnell. Yes, I'm sure it was. All right. Apparently, according (laughs) to every newspaper on the globe, he won the debate. No, that's actually not true. Almost everyone agrees that he didn't win the debate. The uh, uh, at least people inside who actually follow Republican voters, Republican Party, uh, you know, the media love Donald Trump because he's a media creation. I don't know the status of reality TV in Ireland, George. I mean, is it as huge over there? As yeah, it it's is, pretty big. Uh, I mean, yeah. You know, if you put a show on that involves. Uh, a you know polyamorous family of midgets who work in the gambling industry. You're going to have your own TV show, and and Donald Trump fits in to that. But among Republicans, he tanked. It's it's uh, his numbers are going to steadily start going down because he started off the the first question that everyone was asked: Will you play pledge that if you don't win the nomination, you'll back the person who does? And everyone said yes, except. Donald Trump. So when he stands up and says, I'm, you know, I may or may not support the guy who wins this thing. Basically, it's like saying, hey, if you don't pick me for your team, I'm going to go play on the other team and try to beat you. And that was that was a bad moment for Trump, along with his jerky comments like that one. Yeah. Now, famously, um, I uh, didn't uh, sort of go for the McDonald's franchise when I had a chance again. Getting Mm -hmm. it because I didn't believe the Irish people would be ever stupid enough to eat their food on the (laughs) run, right? It would appear that I've been justified about a half a century later uh, because McDonald's are now putting in waitresses. Oh, okay. I, I, I definitely want to talk about this, the McDonald's thing. But can I go back? I just want to ask you about this idea in Irish politics, if you have, we have people over here who have made a successful political career out of basically being jerks. Like they're the person who stands up and when no one else wants to say the uncomfortable, ugly thing, they say it. And sometimes they say it and they're wrong. You know what I'm saying? They, they go too far. Is there, do you have that in Irish politics? Is there anybody who's kind of the, you know, yeah, he's kind of a, as we pay, but he's our, as we pay kind of guy. Or gal? Well, between 4.30 and 7, maybe. <laughs> but as far as an elected official, because that is people think that because Donald Trump is a bore that that's going to kill him. It's not. What's going to kill him is that he's a he, he's in the race to help out Hillary. He's not a conservative. He's not even a Republican. This is all a scam. But I, I, I mean, Richard Nixon got elected president and everyone knew he was kind of a flinty hearted jerk. But they also knew he could take on China and take on the, you know, commies and, you know, and that, you know, that kind of thing. Is, is there that who's who's the I don't know what the Irish phrase is for biggest jerk in Irish politics right now. Kind of the it's rough, the it's the name the president of Ireland called you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Who? So who is that? I don't think we have him in politics. You don't have one. Okay. No, that, 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 no we don't have. My we don't have Trump-like figures, really. To okay. be fair, like I mean, well, that's, we don't. That's, that's what I wanted to know. All right. So here's principally the because we don't have any billionaires in politics. <laughs> Our billionaires are smart enough not to be in politics. All <laughs> oh, your billionaires are German, so they would not be running yeah. in Ireland. And that's that's Get it. Okay. Back to McDonald's. So here's, a, so here's the story: McDonald's. You go to McDonald's where some barely literate, you know, uh, mouth breather 
cannot figure out whether or not there should be cheese on your cheeseburger. They can't make change, so the machine has to tell them how much money to give you. They literally don't even ring up your items anymore, George. They have actually have pictures. Like if you order like a fish sandwich, there's a picture of two pieces of bread with a fish flopping around in it. That's what fast food is about. Now you're telling me that we're going to take this incredibly mediocre service and bring it out from behind the counter and out to the tables where they can solicit tips from me for screwing up my order and spilling well, my see, McNuggets? No, no. You see, the thing is you're absolutely right. I used to cause chaos in America by, mm-hmm. you know, they'd say it's uh, 9.76 and then right. I'd give him 10.26 so I'd get two oh. quarters back, right? <laughs> right. It used uh. to cause mayhem. <laughs> Right? They probably had to. They probably had to call like the emergency medical. People. She yeah. fell on the floor. We don't know why. There's blood spurting out yeah. of her ears. Oh so, my gosh! So yeah, I agree. I mean, they had no idea. <laughs> but having said that, you know, maybe just maybe no. the the fast food carry it out, eat it in the car, spill it on your mm-hmm. trousers brigade are finally getting the message that it's better to sit down, eat it, relax, and then face the horrors the commute home. But if I'm going to sit down and eat, I'm not going to sit down for table service in a McDonald's. I mean, this is the deal about, and it's not just McDonald's, there are a lot of industries that have this. You have the premium brand that you want and you know you pay the premium for. Then you have the cheap, it's not very good stuff. McDonald's stinks. It's supposed to stink. The thing that makes McDonald's great is that it's it's lousy in the same way every single time. You know exactly how lousy and cheap it's going to be. Don't mess with the formula. But McDonald's is struggling. Here in the United States, George, a chain you've probably never heard of, Chick-fil-A, has higher gross sales than uh, McDonald's. They have higher gross sales than Pizza Hut, and they have like a fourth or fifth as many stores, and they close every Sunday. They don't do any business on Sunday because the family that owns them are evangelical Christians, and they still uh, do higher gross sales than McDonald's. Yeah, but, but I mean, they're, they're, you have waiter services, waiter service restaurants that mm-hmm. are worse than McDonald's, like Denny's for <laughs> crying out loud. How could you eat hey, Denny's? I'll tell you how. First, you take a large amount of alcohol. Second, you put it in Michael Graham's body. Third, you find me at 3 o'clock in the morning. Fourth, I'll be at Denny's having a Grand Slam breakfast. That's right. how. Okay. Now, um, Hiroshima, mm-hmm. 70th anniversary. Mm-hmm. America dropped the bomb. Yes. And then a couple of days later, drop another one. Uh, what do you think on the 70 years later? Do you have any any views with hindsight? Well, I mean, I you know, I don't think we should have an actual parade because, you know, it, you know, the uh, uh, it was an ugly situation. But there's no doubt that uh, the United States and President Truman made the, took, uh, uh, committed the single greatest act of peacemaking in the history of humanity. The greatest single action to cause peace was dropping the bombs on Hiroshima. And it's bizarre listening to these bloodthirsty uh, loonies, and I've been, quite a few of them are your listeners, George, in my timeline, who are upset. How dare you end the war? How dare you not send hundreds of thousands of Americans to die? What's wrong with you? I don't know what kind of bloodthirstiness you uh, European progressives are preaching over there, but it's like an episode of The Well, I have Yikes. to say, um, and neither of us were around at the time. But if our fathers um, were in the forces at that time and were mm. slated to go 
to the Pacific to launch an assault on Japan in which the casualties would have been enormous. And our fathers were slated uh, mm. to go. I would have been, and, and I still am. I believe that dropping the bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki because uh, J- Japan was no different from Nazi Germany. It was run by uh, the armed forces. It was run sure. by their warlords, in effect. They and not had, only that, but they attacked the United States without provocation in a disgusting sneak attack yeah. and killed about 2,500 people. So, you know, they started the war, this despicable war. They maintained the war. Their treatment of prisoners of war was horrific. So at every level. But here's the here's what's interesting to me. There's a line of thinking uh, that I hear a lot from European progressives that says that all acts of violence are equivalent. And that is obviously juvenile, you know, four-year-old thinking. Nobody who's old enough to wipe their own bottom when they go to the bathroom is stupid enough to think that. And alas, there are many, many people apparently who do. And I just don't understand it. The the Japanese were the bad guys spreading violence. The sooner that that violence ended, the better for the world. This ended it. It ended it swiftly. It ended it with far fewer lives lost. What? How can anyone say anything negative about this the single greatest act of peacekeeping in the history of America. But then again, you've got dopes who don't want Ireland to be involved in the testing of military weapons. I guess they're hoping that ISIS and al-Qaeda and Iran will keep winning yeah, so that on, the no. wonderful values no, no. of ISIS, hold al-Qaeda, and Iran can spread around the world. Because, hey, on, violence is violence, right? Hold Throwing on, a gay guy out on. the building is the same as building a weapon to stop him, right? Hold on, hold on. What the Minister for Defense, Simon Coveney, is Mm -hmm. suggesting as a plan is that we would turn over parts of Ireland to uh, people to test weapons. So Mm -hmm. they would test drones or whatever. They wouldn't presumably start dropping bombs in the middle of the curra. But, (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean? So uh, I find this awful. And I don't know why you're getting at us. I mean, you like like the arms manufacturers are completely and utterly without conscience. They'll sell their guns to ISIS the same mm. way they sell it to anybody else for profit. And I cannot understand why we as a country would facilitate that kind of an industry. Okay, so where are the weapons going to be tested that will be used, I hope, to end the whack job, homophobic, anti-Semitic, anti-woman, violent lunacy of ISIS, Al-Qaeda in Iran? Where are those weapons going to be tested, George? Well, if they're American companies, they test them in America. Exactly. So once again, the Irish freeload off the rest of the world, just like you did during World War II. You're doing it again. We do the hard work. We kill the bad guys. Then you sit back and go, I don't think you killed the bad guys in quite the right way. No. That's great. That's wonderful. No. That's not true. What I'm saying is that if an American company wants to test weapons for profit, Mm -hmm. it should test them in the country where the profit is. And where it is controlled. I don't think we should be suddenly turning uh, this uh, storied Isle of Saints and Scholars mm-hmm. over to... Yeah. to uh, people testing uh, and, and as long as somebody else is willing to do the heavy lifting of protecting that wonderful island of saints and scholars and that's fine like i said you're free riders other people do the hard work make the tough decisions and then you sit back and judge them and that's face it that is europe that is europe today gutless feckless 
cowardly. You know, I I keep going back to that great quote from the uh, EU official in Belgium when the global war on terror finally hit, 9-11 happened, and he said, you know, I've always loved my values, but no one ever told me that I would have to fight for them. Yeah, exactly. You always thought somebody else would fight for them, and I can sit at home and sip my tea and be All a right, liberal okay. and let when, someone else well, do the interestingly work. Interestingly, talking about gutless Europe and so on, where do you stand? Because we're in an appalling situation, what, yesterday, where the leaky boat went down in literally seconds and mm-hmm. 200 or more people drowned. Um, today, I heard Amnesty International suggest that Europe, in fact, should just simply create a legal and safe corridor. So, in other words, Europe would put, you know, first-class ferry boats uh, over there and bring people over to Europe. Sure. Uh, how are we on that? Well, how do you think I... The question isn't how I am on that. Everyone listening to News Talk knows how I am on that. I believe in this crazy notion of the rule of law and being able to have a country. And that's why, uh, you know, in the United States, the Republican, the next president who's going to be a Republican, is going to be a Republican in part because the Republican Party is mostly the party trying to have enforceable borders. Do, do the people of Ireland honestly believe that they shouldn't have the right as a people to have enforceable borders well, and decide who comes and how many people come per year because the other system is no the end of ireland if the, if you can't have a border then you can't have an ireland there are in, that vote no, no, to ireland no, no. Anytime. increasingly and i'm not disagreeing i'm actually with you um increasingly now there is a view gathering pace that in fact you should have no borders that because mm-hmm. we uh, the answer to a humanitarian crisis uh, yep. in in the Middle East is actually that what we do is is what we do is we build a, like you know I'm, I'm exaggerating but you know what I mean sure. that instead of coming in leaky boats we build a bridge or sure. we put ocean liners or whatever mm-hmm. we do and we say anybody who wants to take the three o'clock ocean liner um, to Spain or to Italy right. or wherever the heck it is it's leaving at three so just uh, rack up and come on over i yeah, mean it's the, it's the uh, it is Obama. a recipe for but, absolute disaster well, well two things number one and i'm not being facetious i'm not trying to be provocative i love how news talk listeners think that i'm trying to be provocative i'm, I'm just telling you what's really going on that is Hillary Clinton and President Obama's position, that if you can get into the United States from Dublin or from Dubai, if you can get here, you should be able to live here as though you are a citizen. That is their position. Well, and obviously the city, that's the position. Yeah. But let me, let me finish. Yeah. If you want to see what happens when you have wholesale wide open borders without any thoughts about culture, Western values, etc. Look at what happened to the young teenage girls of England. Look at the thousands and thousands of rape victims. Look at the rape clubs that operated openly for a decade. Look at the rape clubs that operated openly with the police knowing about them and the media knowing about them and everybody being too afraid. You're going to call me an Islamophobe, so I'm going to let these girls get raped instead. That's what happens. You can well, see what it you're talking about, door. just to be clear so people know, there, right. there were these rape clubs almost as right. you, what speak, you call them? in yeah. in in um, the north of England mm-hmm. and the cops in Muslim communities because yeah. the culture of and, and I you know I'm, I'm trying to I seriously I'm not trying to be provocative I come from a relatively primitive part of South Carolina you know what I'm saying I mean I I live with people who kind of live 20 30 years behind contemporary America there are people who live in parts of the world where modernity just hasn't arrived. And those less than modern values come with them. Not because they're evil, you know what I'm saying? They're, it's not like they're plotting. It's just their view of the world and the notion that a modern culture would invite hundreds of thousands of those 
people with that ninth century view of the world into your home and then say, I have no right to stop them. I have no right to control them. Well, guess what? You're going to have the ninth century living in your streets. But I, I mean, why I, would I, you? Yeah, I couldn't believe it today. The president of Amnesty International Ireland actually suggested, you know, that we, that we, like, yes, we have a humanitarian crisis, but mm-hmm. is the answer to the humanitarian crisis that you actually, you know, you actually send buses or boats or, or whatever and you because if, if if the numbers now are X when it's very difficult right. to come across if you actually put ocean going liners to bring people across and say look there are no borders over you come right. then they, it'll, the numbers look, will be 3X people who are willing to camp out at Calais strap themselves under a truck and hope that they can make it here obviously the homeland they would have to go back to is a horrible place you open the floodgates people will fly I have this crazy idea of how do you make those places they're fleeing better we know what makes them better it's capitalism it works all the time it's working in India and China right now and the same loony lefties who reject capitalism <laughs> undermine it at every step now go gee I wonder why these people want to come here what's going on what yeah do you think? it is quite extraordinary Hell holes in the thir- yeah. in their part of the third world. Well, just before you go, it's quite extraordinary that India and Pakistan that were once the same country. Uh, yep. You have India, which is now an extra, essentially where, where you say capitalism is working and they're riding the IT bandwagon and so on. China, a communist country, which has changed. Uh, I think by next Friday, I'll be able to have read the 5,427 texts that come in. Uh, <laughs> but I'll read them to put me to sleep. Look forward to talking to you next week, Michael Graham. Thanks, George. Thanks. From Atlanta.